welcome to After Pulse, the extra podcast from the hosts of Community Pulse. And now here's Mary Thengvall, Jason Hand, and PJ Haggerty. I thought that was wonderful. I feel like we didn't really, we didn't entirely stick to the topic. I feel like we moved from titles to more DevRel identity. Yeah, and it's, it totally makes sense. And I think part of the reason why we did that is because it's all wrapped up in one, right? Like you can't talk about titles without talking about the identity of developer relations as an industry. And I think that's been one of the things I've been really mulling over the past few months slash years is like, you know, we have so many people who, who say, and Jason, this will sound familiar to you, I'm sure. And PJ, you probably as well, but like, I need to hire a DevRel and it, it reminds me the whole checklist item. It's the checklist item, but it also reminds me of when people started saying, I need to hire a DevOps. And you're like, but that's not. Did you no. just singularize? No. <laughs> like, not only no did you DevOps. singularize it, you called a, a job role something that is reserved for the name of the industry. Like, DevOps right. is the industry. You cannot hire a DevOps. Doesn't work that way. And so I've, it's, it's been a lot of uh, almost deja vu for me going through a lot of these questions and seeing a lot of these conversations pop up because it feels like where we were eight years ago, seven years ago at the beginning of when DevOps started to become really accepted and popularized throughout the tech industry. And we're dealing with a lot of the same types of, well, like, what are the roles? How does this fit? Where, what are the goals? How does it work within the organization? Where do we put people? All of those types of things. So for me, it's it's a lot of deja vu and a lot of also like, okay, they figured it out <laughs> and a lot of things are more clear. Now there is hope for us, right? <laughs> I, think, I think that makes sense. I think what you're saying makes sense. I think it, it also goes into the whole idea that everything in tech is cyclical. Um, you know, we talked a few episodes back about like what happens after DevRel or, or what have you. And I think that that's a conversation that engineering was having a few years ago. Like after the senior engineering role, what do you do? Where do you go from Mm. there? Um, So, I mean, like after this, I'm sure that people who are, what comes after SRE? What comes after DevOps? What, you know, what, what are these things? Like, I I think in a way we're, we're always striving for the after. So once we figure like one after out, it's like, okay, cool. What else haven't we figured out? Right. Well, to me, the the title stuff really, I think we all, I assume we would all pretty much agree that it's only relevant for um, just our career paths and Mm. and our compensation. To a high degree, high degree, yeah. Because honestly, we all know, you know, I can, I can, I can rattle off 40 other people, you know, who I consider really dear close friends of mine who do something that falls under the umbrella of developer relations. Mm -hmm. I have personal relationships with every one of them. And all of us, every single one of us, our day-to-day is not the exact same. The stuff that we work on, the stuff that we do is not the same. We Agreed. all serve this higher purpose, which I like to really say, and one of the reasons I love the, the term advocate is I am, well, I should say it's, a, it's sort of a combination of me having this title of advocate and then also being backed by a company like Microsoft where their mission statement is to, I mean, lit- the literal words of their mission statement is to empower the world. And I honestly, like, I've sort of embraced that as my, as part of my, like, subtitle, you know, it's like, I'm an advocate to make you whatever it is you do. I don't care if you're mopping floors, whatever it is you do, I want to make you the best at what you love to do. And that makes well, that, it for that person and really just for the world. And, 
but that's you know this that's a little bit more unique to me and, and the things that just sort of the platform that Microsoft has provided me but what I'm trying to say is we all have very dynamic jobs and things that we're doing they're changing on a constant basis and they change between roles and they change year to year or quarter to quarter and it only comes into factor when we start talking about compensation and what are we doing with our career right well I think that there's kind of an important caveat to that in a way that I think that in some ways in some organizations at least the title matters so like you know you're a cloud advocate which we can equate to a developer advocate but you're not an evangelist because an evangelist shouldn't get paid as much as an advocate and then a community manager because they're doing more and this is just all perspective from people who you know sign checks um like and so i agree with what you're saying i think it's interesting though that the title is also starting to make a difference Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, when you say community engineer, it is expected you will be doing some sort of programming or development in that job. Um, if you say advocate, it could indicate that you are, you're going to be on the road a lot. Even though I know developer advocates that strictly do writing, like they just do documentation and blogs and social media. And that's totally, they're still advocating. Um, the other thing is, you know, advocate means you're going to incorporate feedback and bring it back into the company and advocate for the community on the community behalf. So, but that's different from evangelist. You're going out there and you're like, rah, 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 shaking, shaking the pom-poms and saying, yes, company, go company, yay, company. Or, um, and I, I think I would, I would actually disagree with that. Like I, that is what some evangelists do. I've also seen other evangelists and Jason, well, I think you fit into this category where it's your positioning the the victor ops product or whatever product they're working for positioning the product within the greater scope of the industry and where it fits in and how it fits and why it's relevant and why it's necessary not necessarily even use victor ops but the practices that it stands for and the things that you're talking about are relevant within the greater industry right yeah. and I'm, not, I'm not saying that's not true i was just saying this, this is an example of how people view the jobs as like a staff. absolutely yeah. hierarchy within DevRel. And that's one of the reasons why I was never in love with the term evangelist, but I at least sort of met them in the middle because I wasn't the Victor Ops evangelist. I wasn't even a product right. evangelist. I wasn't right. even, I wasn't even like an, you know, best practices of incident management evangelist. I was a DevOps evangelist. And so mm -hmm. I could talk about things that had only tangential relationships back to the product. Right. And I think that that was the actual, like that was the formula. Had I gone, into that role as, as being the rah-rah cheerleader of, of a product, I, I guarantee I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. And, yeah. and who knows what Victor Ops would have done. Like it's just not, well, that's not what I was doing. Right. And I think we're back to what I mentioned early on in the episode is that, you know, fine, have whatever titles we want to have internally in the company, but I'm still, and maybe, maybe, like I said, maybe I'm too close to it because I see all of the tweets and I have a, a different picture of what people are saying than a lot of people in DevRel do. But like, there's definitely confusion in the tech industry about what is it that we do? Why do we all have different titles? Why do we all have different roles? How do we actually benefit the, the developer or the technical person, or do we actually benefit the developer or the technical person? And I think for me, the more that I'm hearing questions from the technical audience about what is it that you do and why should I care, that's incredibly concerning to me. Because if our motivation for our job is to advocate for that technical audience and the technical audience doesn't understand what we do, 
there's a huge disconnect there somewhere. Well, I think part of it goes back to what, what, what Bear and Jeremy were saying a little bit in the fact that we don't really advertise what our titles are. Mm-hmm. So I think our titles are so divorced from what we actually do in the minds of these developers, in the minds of these people who are wondering when they say, when they hear the term dev advocate or dev rel, and they're like, what is this? Mm-hmm. What, what do I do with this information? Um, so I, I don't consider like, it's not like a super negative, um, but there, there is definitely something we need to do about this disconnect, this divorce yeah. of, because guaranteed if, 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 if someone's asking, you know, I know Mary Thangwell and she says she does DevRel, but I don't know what DevRel is. And then mm-hmm. they see you at a conference and like, I fucking get it. Um, or they know, like they, I know a lot of people that have known me that, that then found out that my title is Dev Advocate and they're like, oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand what that means based on my context of knowing you and what you do. Okay. Um, and I think that, oh man, I can't believe this is the thought that probably this is the way I led myself, but this is where it's going to, the more, it's not about Antonio, (laughs) but, uh, this idea that the, the, oh God, the more famous certain dev advocates get, Mm. the more clear it's going to be to people that that's what they do. Well, and that takes us back to the influencers episode. Of, yeah, that's why I hate myself right now. Right. Like, um, well, sure. The more, the more well-known people get to be, the better people understand what developer advocacy and developer relations is. As long as the people who are getting more well-known are, are actually doing the job and are actually advocating for those technical communities. Right. And that, that goes back into what we talked about briefly when we were setting up this episode, Mary, is that, and, and maybe this speaks to a little bit about what Bear was saying at that meetup recently, is there is a growth of people who are not that. They are looking to use it as a platform to influence people right. or gain fame for whatever that, whatever that means in this mm-hmm. world. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not actually advocating for developers or to developers. They are just doing this thing that they see as a step to, to tech stardom. Right. Which is is which is why I'm so why I was so upset in my description, because that really a it brings all of us down. B it's just a stupid and shitty way to behave as a human. Yeah. Um, your goal should not be to have as many people adore you as possible. Hmm. Um, that's actually a a psychological issue called narcissism, and you should probably get some fucking help. But seriously, like, and, and don't give me, like, okay, so I love it when people clap at the end of my talks. I know that it's practically a social requirement that they do so whether I do well or not. Nonetheless, when, when they clap, I'm like, nailed it. Um, <laughs> I, I appreciate it. But at the same time, like, I don't want people to, when I get very awkward and people are like, oh my God, can I take a picture with you? Oh my God, can you sign something for me? Which has happened to me. And I don't, like when I was a musician, absolutely, hundred percent loved it. As a dev advocate, no, that's weird. Hmm. Um, doesn't mean I won't do it because it's unkind to to say no. <laughs> but I like deep down feeling it like ugh, I feel icky inside. Hmm. But I know people that are like making their own branded t-shirt. And th- again, this is somewhat hypocritical because I make my own pins with my face on them. But that's a joke. <laughs> that was a joke. There are people that are making their own branded t-shirts with their pictures on them. They have nothing to do with tech or the company that they work for. Can we do that? What? I was just saying, is, are these people we can have as guests? 
I'm going to not comment on that. <laughs> well, and Jason, like, where do you, where do you fall on this these days? Cause I know not along the lines of the famous side of things, but like you work for a company that has hundreds of people on a developer advocacy team. Right. And like, do you still run into people who don't understand it or do you still run into people who question what you do or think that you're a shill or any of those things? Yeah, all of that stuff. And I mean, honestly, we were still kind of the thing. The nice thing about Microsoft is that we love to experiment and, and we don't necessarily love labels and we don't, um, you know, we're, we're, we're very, you know, metrics driven. Let's make sure we, we figure out what we're doing, what works, and then try to make that repeatable and scalable. I mean, that's kind of the whole point of our team is to get good content out and really help, you know, help advocate for the people out there that are trying to solve problems. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, our team, you know, consists of a lot of big names and a lot of people who are very visible in the community and all of us have different strengths. And, you know, some of them are, are very proficient writers and putting out, you know, blog posts like daily. Mm -hmm. And then there are others who sort of assume a different role like myself where I'm, I'm more traveling and, and trying to, you know, work both the first party Microsoft events as well as do some more community events. Um, I, I don't, you know, there's definitely no like sense of fame for, for what I do, but I do think that once you get, once you've been doing this for a while and you do get some visibility out there that it does sort of help your, I'll, I hesitate to use it, but I'll, I'll use it. It does help your influence because whether we're influencers or not, we are trying to influence the improvement of a product. So I'm either influence a product team or I'm influencing people in the audience to think about something different in a different way. Like I did at QCon, I wanted them to think about complex systems and, and what it means to really do incident management and all these things. So I influenced their thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, and then probably, you know, somebody at Microsoft would love to hear me say, I also influence their either clicks and I get them to, you know, bring them back to the Microsoft domain properties in the, in the form of drawing their attention to a really interesting doc or some sort of learning tutorials or whatever, because now, you know, somebody cares because they're, they're now in the funnel. We know where this person came from right. and um, we've, we've got our initial touch. So there's like all these different things that I'm either doing consciously or, or subconsciously. And I, I try not to worry about, you know, whether people think I'm a shill or if I'm just a talking head or if, you know, I'm just doing it because it was an opportunity to work for a big company that is doing some really interesting things with dev advocacy. And there's so many things and people have so many opinions and I've been so like rattled and jarred through what I see on Twitter that I've really, I think I've kind of hardened my shell to a lot of, just critique, critique. And um, I don't know if you've seen the, um, uh, what's her name? Renee Brown. I don't know why I couldn't mm -hmm. think of that, but her Netflix special. Yep. About um, vulnerability. Yeah. About the vulnerability. And she's talking about the, the critiques that, you know, that she gets and, and she said something, I'm already starting to get goosebumps on my arms. Uh, I won't be able to say it exactly, but it was to the point of you're not the ones who are up here. You're not the ones who are in the, in the arena and, and, you know, so I, I'm not going to accept your criticism. Um, you know, you, you should be the ones who are also being vulnerable and putting yourself out there and trying to make yourself and those around you better. Mm -hmm. And to me, like, that's what I'm doing. And I'm, and I change it up every day. You know, I talked about this DevOps road trip, which is, was a complete experiment mm -hmm. and Microsoft was very supportive of it. And one, I got to reduce my carbon footprint by not flying to boat Boise and home and mm -hmm. Portland and home and San Francisco and home. 
I got to have a little kind of mix up my personal life with my, you know, my professional life and, and take my camper van and drive around. So the point I'm trying to make is everything's like an experiment. We're all just trying to figure out how can we like help others. And there's a million different ways to do that. And if you're not also trying to do that with me, but you're going to criticize what I'm doing, I I'm going to just ignore you. Yeah. Let it roll off. And that's where I'm at. So uh, I know I'm making progress. I know I'm, you know, from the questions I get and the interactions and the engagements I have both online and, and, you know, as I step off stage, um, I know what I'm doing is making a difference and that's why I keep doing it. And maybe, maybe, maybe that's kind of the, the point of all this that in reality, like, you know, the, the episode is originally called what's in a name and, and what we're called really doesn't matter. It's how we interact with people and what we, what we bring of value to a conversation or an interaction that really is important. So uh, from, from now on, we're all called interaction specialists <laughs> with, with, a, with an emoji heart at the end. That's the job title. That's what oh we're boy. But uh, right. I think this is a good after pulse. Um, if people want to learn more, of course, communitypulse.io at community underscore pulse on Twitter. And we will see you next time probably, but we won't because it's a podcast. Do, do, do. This has been another episode of After Pulse with Mary Thangwall at Mary underscore Grace on Twitter. Jason Hand at Jason Hand on Twitter and PJ Hangley at Asplenic on Twitter. Learn more at communitypulse.io or at community underscore pulse on Twitter. 